Good morning and a warm welcome to you all to Ladywell Baptist Church this Sunday morning. It's great to be at the beginning of a new week together and to be able to worship God together in this time. Regardless of how your past uh, six days have gone, we do hope that this will be the beginning of a new week and that you will be encouraged uh, and challenged in our time together this morning. As we begin our time, just a couple of reminders for you. We have a prayer meeting this coming Wednesday evening at half past seven on Zoom. Fantastic to see you there. If you could make it along for that to continue our studies through Matthew's gospel and to spend some time praying together for our church and for the wider world. And also just a reminder to you uh, that we are still this year, despite coronavirus, um, looking to engage with Samaritan's Purse and the work they're doing with the shoebox appeal. And if you want to know more information about that, uh, then please do see last week's video. Uh, if you're able to get online, Douglas sent around this past week a wee fellowship update with some information about that. But if you want to know more, then give uh, Douglas a phone and he'll be able to fill you in with what's uh, needed in order to do that. If you would like to um, support that particular work again this year, as we've been um, really encouraged by over the last number of years that this is uh, a significant work and something which really benefits and blesses people all over our world. So please do speak to Douglas about that if you want to know more. Also, we're encouraged this week to be joined by Liam Morton, who is just back from Romania. And so uh, he's going to be leading us through uh, the later part of our service as uh, he preaches from Matthew's Gospel. And so we're encouraged to hear what he has to say uh, in that but before we begin our time together this morning, we hear these words from 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. That's our desire this morning in our uh, turning to God in worship at the beginning of a new week, that uh, our joy may be complete by knowing him. And we do that as we come together and worship him uh, in Christ's name. So we do pray that you will be encouraged and blessed in our time this morning as we come before the Lord. Good morning, Ladywell. It is great to be joining with you in worship and in God's word today. Thank you so much for the invite and for allowing me to be able to join with you in this way. My name is Liam. I'm the youth and children's pastor at Colladine Baptist Church in Glenrothes. I've been a part of the team here in Glenrothes for nearly five years now. Uh, and I know Graham um, through my time at the Scottish Baptist College where I studied. Uh, I did a, a student pastorate with him at his previous church um, as part of my studies. And now he is my mentor through the Baptist Union and the pre-accreditation network. So no matter how hard he tries, he cannot get rid of me. Um, no, only kidding. In all seriousness, it's uh, so encouraging when Graham and I uh, speak and meet and he tells me of the many ways in which God is moving in uh, Ladywell as well as the community that the church is in. So it is a great joy to be joining with you in this way this morning. 
Today we're going to be looking and exploring an important and a very moving passage in Matthew's Gospel. We will be reflecting on the faithfulness of a centurion and the authority of Jesus. So let's have a look. Uh, we're going to be exploring Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 to 13. It says this, the faith of the centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralysed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go! Let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed in that moment. Let's pray together as we uh, begin to look at this passage. Lord God, we thank you um, for the goodness that you bring us. Lord, thank you for this encounter that we are going to explore today. Lord, thank you for your authority. And Lord, how you invite us to be um, trusting in you, to be um, humbled by you. Thank you that you invite us to be th that way. Lord, would you speak to us afresh through this passage? Lord, would we come to know you more through what you have to say to us today? And Lord, bless me as I share this message that you've put on my heart. And Lord, would this be for your glory? In your name. Amen. Good morning. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come before you in prayer. We thank you, a great and a wonderful God who loves us more than we can ever imagine. We thank you for Jesus and all that he did for us. We thank you for the new relationship we can have with you, enabling us to come before you in prayer with all our needs. Lord, we have many amongst us who have ongoing health issues. We pray for them and bring them before you, Lord, asking for your healing touch. We also ask for prayer for those in our church congregation who are living in nursing or sheltered housing who are being cared for. We pray particularly for them, their families and their carers. We remember our BMS missionaries and also the Wycliffe Bible translators in Senegal. We also pray for the BMS missions around the world and especially for Chad. We remember the community fridge ministry that Lady Bell supports and we pray for the ongoing hard work from all those who help keep it going each week. We also remember the Deadridge Fellowship as they continue with their restricted services 
and the Broxburn congregation. Pray that you might bless them, Lord, as they meet. We remember also the wives on the evening meetings that have returned to the usual time back in our church building. We pray for the young people who attend that they may be encouraged and that they may come to faith in Christ and grow in their knowledge of God. We also pray for the YF leaders. We remember those who are working in frontline services and key roles within our community. We also remember those who are helping provide food and other provisions to people who are struggling and especially those who have lost their jobs due to the economic situation. We continue to pray for the global pandemic that we are facing just now. We give thanks to, for those working flat out to find treatments and a vaccine. We ask Lord God that you would give them wisdom, direction and scientific breakthroughs. We pray that the numbers will start to reduce with the new rules and restrictions that have been introduced. We pray for healing of our country, nation and around the world. We pray that nations will come to realise that Christ is the answer to all our needs. Help us to always remember that God is in control. Lord, as we come to hear your word, we thank you for Liam and the preparation that he's put into today's message. We pray that you would bless him. We pray that you would speak to our hearts and that we would learn more of you today. Amen. There are certain moments in our life which take place and they shape who we are. I wonder what moments in your life immediately come to mind when you think about their significance and importance. Moments which perhaps happened many, many years ago, but these are now memories and stories which you tell to others. Moments which stick in your mind forever. Moments which change the course of your life forever. Life is built around these moments. They're built around times where everything changes. Sometimes these are moments that are for the worse, but other times they're for the better. Some which are spontaneous and some that are planned. We all have these moments which we can recall. For me, in the last few months, I recently got married and uh, graduated from the Scottish Baptist College. So there's been many moments in these last few months for me, which I'm going to recall and I'm sure I'm going to tell in many, many years to come. And these moments have changed me significantly. And just like I have these moments, you will have these moments as well. Today in our passage, we see an encounter with Jesus and a centurion. This is a moment which will not only um, impact the centurion's life, but this his sick servant as well. It will change their lives forever. And we're going to explore this passage together. This miracle moment takes place in Capernaum, a small fishing town just north of Galilee. And this is a very important place for Jesus's ministry. It's like the, the HQ, the headquarters of uh, Jesus's public ministry. Capernaum is the hometown of, of five out of the 12 disciples. And up until now, Jesus has been teaching, preaching, healing, delivering people from demons, from sickness. People have begun to sit up and look at who Jesus is. Great crowds have uh, began to gather wherever he is. People are beginning to ask, 
who is this man who has given him such authority to speak the words that he speaks? It is Jesus who teaches in the synagogue in Capernaum and he teaches things such as I am the bread of life. He teaches of the cost of following him and he does many miracles like when he heals a nobleman's son, when he's rising Jairus's daughter from the dead, delivering demons, healing a paralysed man which is lowered through the roof. He heals Peter's mother-in-law as well. This is a special place. But despite many of Jesus's works and teaching, you would maybe think that Capernaum would be the centre of godliness, but it's not. There's a lot of scepticism in Capernaum at this time. And eventually Capernaum will become the place where Jesus would eventually be rejected as we see in John 1.11. But for now in our story as he enters into Capernaum, a man, a centurion man, comes to Jesus asking for help. A centurion, this man is an officer in the Roman army in charge of a hundred men. His job is to be a peacekeeper, but as well he would be given other duties assigned to him uh, by the Roman Empire. The centurion man was not a Jew, but he was a Gentile, and so it was strange why it is that he is coming to ask Jesus for help. After all, Romans and Jews didn't always see eye to eye, the Romans being the occupying empire over the Jewish people. And well, the Jewish people were not the easiest people eh, to manage. But here we have in this significant moment, a centurion man, a Gentile, approaching Jesus. We see he asks Jesus to help his servant. Now we don't know exactly how many servants the centurion had, but what we do know is one of them is sick, condemned by illness, paralysed and in absolute agony. And as we see in, in Luke's account of this um, moment, we find out that the servant was even close to death. So here we have the situation that the centurion is in. But why did he come to Jesus? Why would a centurion, a, a Gentile, why would he come to Jesus? As I said before, Jesus had done much of his ministry here in Capernaum, but as well we know that this moment comes just after Jesus' famous, now famous Sermon on the Mount, where he speaks to his listeners about the fundamentals of Christian life. And one of the most important teachings which he speaks of in the Sermon on the Mount is to seek, ask and knock on the door to following God. And that's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 8. We don't exactly know where the Sermon on the Mount uh, took place, where Jesus spoke, where, where it was he spoke. But it would have been close by to Capernaum. And whilst we don't know if the centurion had been there to hear Jesus speak, he is certainly here talking to Jesus. And what he is doing is asking, seeking, and knocking on the door. How does Jesus respond to the centurion? Well, simply he is ready to help him. Shall I come and heal him? Jesus asks, 
to the, to the question of the centurion. And this is exactly what Jesus goes in and does. The centurion man asks for nothing for himself. And even asks Jesus to help a servant, literally his slave. And Jesus responds to this centurion man who asks for help. And he's ready. He sees this search for help, this uh, knocking, this asking, this seeking, and he has found. Uh, and he is, and Jesus is ready to respond to this search for help. Here's an important truth which we see from Jesus's actions immediately and simply through these words that he says, these six words, shall I come and heal him? What we see is the important truth that Jesus is here willing to help. Just like the centurion, we are to seek, we are to ask, we are to knock on the door and it will be opened on to us. We're asked to do that. Actually, we should come being fully dependent on that help when we come to seek and ask for it. When you come to Jesus with a need, he is more than willing. He is more than willing to help you, probably, than you are willing to ask him for that help. When you come to Jesus with a need, he is more willing to help you than probably you are willing to ask him for that help. Asking for help is something which is, uh, I think, is difficult in our culture. We don't really like asking other people for help, do we? Asking one another for help can seem to be deemed as, as shameful, embarrassing, a sign of weakness or uh, being unsuccessful. In all honesty, I know myself, I uh, wrestle with having to, to ask other people for help. I hate it. I feel like it's something to be ashamed of at times and I have to remind myself that that's not true and that's not correct. When this is a struggle for you, it can easily infiltrate your understanding of trusting in God. It can infiltrate your understanding of what it means to ask God and to seek God for his help. It might uh, make you less willing to come to ask um, Christ for help. It might make you reluctant to depend on him for your needs. Look here in our passage, not only does Jesus want to help, he is eager and prepared to do so. This is what grace and love, this is what the grace and love of Christ looks like. Praise God for that. The centurion, when he asks for Jesus' help, he doesn't respond with vague remarks. He uh, doesn't say, yeah, well, I'll, I'll come and see him and we'll see what happens. Let's see what we can do. No, Jesus, with simple words, says, I will come and heal him. Friends, do you struggle with the, the idea of asking for help? Especially in your life as a disciple, do you struggle with that? Are you willing to ask Jesus for help? Do you come to Christ in prayer or in, in, even in your daily life, trusting in the authority and the power of God to help you. Is this a struggle of yours and, and if so, 
what are we going to do about it? Also, the, the centurion man that we see, he is very unusual. Jesus says himself, he's an unusual man. He is someone of great quality. His faith is admirable. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, uh, with no one in Israel, I have found such faith as we see in verse 11. Jesus says this for several reasons. This man cared deeply for his servant. A servant was seen as such a lowly person, such a, an insignificant person, nothing really. And yet this um, Roman officer shows his servant such a real regard. He has such compassion, such remarkable compassion for someone else. A servant. Compassion is quite literally someone suffering with another. This is someone who has more than just some sort of empathy for a situation or empathy for, for something that is happening in, in someone's life. It is a, a sharing of a deep, a deep heart, a deep compassion for somebody who is in a situation. The centurion recognises Jesus. He acknowledges his power and authority. We are told that the centurion wouldn't allow Jesus to come into his home, although Jesus was willing to visit and to heal his servant. He felt so unworthy to have him come into his own home. This is a man of great wisdom and having his own authority over so many other people. He comes and he tells Jesus that he is unworthy to allow him to come into his home. A man of compassion and a man who knows his own unworthiness. The backdrop of this encounter tells us that the Jews had a respected rule of not entering the homes of Gentiles. But we can see in this passage that there is more going on here than just um, the rules of the, the Jewish um, people. I am not worthy, he says. This man, Centurion, who by now we can probably call him an outsider. We can call him an outsider because of this extraordinary and unusual faith that he has. He knows Jesus. He knows Jesus's life, his ministry, and also his authority. And Jesus responds in amazement at this unusual faith. He's amazed by this man who's in front of him. A man of compassion, of humility, has come to Jesus. A man of good upstanding, even within the um, the Jewish elders, as we again see in Luke's um, account of this story. A man comes to him feeling unworthy. Jesus says, nowhere in Israel has he found such a faith. And he says this because in the centurion he sees a genuine faith, one which is not founded upon birthright or by a knowledge of 
um, the Torah. It comes by a genuine, genuine trust and humility in what he has seen and heard of Jesus. And in front of him, he responds with that humility which he has experienced, this genuineness which he has in his faith. The centurion is an example of other outsiders of Israel who will come and meet with Jesus and experience something of the hope in which he proclaims. He is someone who has come from the east and from the west, a man who has humbly come before God. And Jesus has blessed his faith because of that. This healing happens because Jesus blesses the faith, this genuine faith that he has in him. To be able to even heal him, to be able to do the miracles which he is able to do. How is it when we come before God? Have you seen that we have uh, been invited, not only invited to ask for God's help, but Christ is eager to help us. But we come to Christ humbly, asking for help. How is it that we approach Christ when we look for help? We can learn a lot from this centurion. What it's like to not only be compassionate towards someone else that is different to ourselves, but what a genuine faith in Jesus looks like. We have a lot to learn from this centurion. He asks for nothing else except for Jesus's help. He comes before him knowing the power and authority that Jesus has. And this is the only thing that he has his trust in. Nothing else. He comes to Jesus for nothing else. Only for his power and his healing through faith. Through his faith. And he comes to Jesus feeling unworthy. Just as we are before God. But he comes feeling unworthy with faithfulness. With faithfulness and how good Christ is. And how powerful and how mighty he is. We see what it looks like to ask uh, for Christ's help, help uh, on behalf of another person as well through this faith of the centurion. When we come to God on behalf of others, we do so with a compassion, with a concern and a deep care for them. Compassion is to be sharing in that suffering. I wonder how often you bring others um, in prayer before God and uh, in, in your daily devotional times and then your times of prayer um, as a church community and as individuals. What is it like? What is it like to uphold someone else in prayer? For me, I'm, I'm going to be honest, this is a, something I, I have struggled with at times as a Christian. Um, I'm guilty of um, when I hear of a situation that goes on um, and I hear how terrible it is and I say I'm going to keep that person in prayer but then I forget to pray for them. This is something that uh, I'm often guilty of and I have to remind myself and I, 
ask my wife to remind me of that as well. Uh, you know when you hear of a difficulty even across the world, when we see the chaos of um, the world, people suffering, and their suffering is so far away from us, um, so far away from our reality, when we uphold them in prayer, do we have a compassion to share in their suffering as well? Is there a compassion and a humility before God in your faith? But also, do you believe that God will move when you pray? Compassion, humility and trust. This is how we should come to God in prayer, in our Christian life. Compassion, humility and trust. This is faithfulness in the authority of God. Faithfulness is, is one side of this remarkable moment in the centurion's life. But the other side of this is understanding exactly what authority is. God's work, God's work in response to faith. That is um, faithfulness. It is uh, the faith that brings healing. The one who spoke to Jesus on his behalf with great faithfulness brings healing in our story. Although we know that it is because of faith alone that the servant is healed rather because of Jesus's authority. In chapter 8 alone Jesus's power and authority over disease, both um, the cleansing of the leper and um, the servant in this story. His authority over nature when he calms uh, the storm and his authority over demons as well. Jesus is more than a, a miracle worker. He is more than just a, a teacher in the synagogue. Although this is how many people uh, would have looked to him in Capernaum as just a miracle worker another teacher. They didn't see him for exactly who he is. He was so much more than this and he is so much more of this because of the authority that Christ has in our lives and across the whole world. He can control nature, he can heal, he can cast demons. So much more than people realised. Jesus was and is different to anyone who has ever lived. And the people who met with him personally came to see that, including the centurion. We can see many stories of how life has completely changed. Even in your church, you'll have so many stories of lives who are changed, who have had lives changed because of these encounters, these moments, this living faith that they have in Christ. But not everybody, as I said, in Capernaum understood him and even deeper chose not to understand him because of their own selfish reasons, their own motives. The, centurions, the centurion knew about authority. He'd had it over 
um, others. He, he led a hundred people. He was responsible for them, as well as um, being responsible over people um, in Capernaum um, through his other duties. But yet he understood the authority that Jesus had. Do you truly recognise, do you truly, truly recognise the authority that Jesus has? Do you know the authority that Jesus has over us? It is a difficult concept to grasp and something we can often struggle with. Even those who heard and saw Jesus' miracles constantly struggle to grasp just exactly how powerful he is. How much authority he had over our world. I would encourage you to allow yourself to consider, to take moments just to, to remember how powerful Jesus is. And also to consider how he uses his authority, how he shows it. We only need to look at the Gospels, the whole um, of the Gospels and the entire Bible even, to see how God and who God through Christ, how he shows his authority. He shows it by love, compassion and through Christ's eventual sacrifice and crucifixion. When coming before Christ, coming before God in prayer and in our everyday lives, remember who Jesus is. Jesus, the one with power, the one with authority, but he shows his authority through love and compassion for us, for his creation. Never, never forget this. Never forget the one who has great power. This is who our faith is in. This is who we trust in. This is whose help uh, we ask for. Never forget just how powerful Jesus is. Never forget how powerful God is. It, it, it seems such a simple or a, a, a silly thing to say perhaps, but we can forget this. We can forget how just important, how powerful Jesus is. Yet with this great power, he is humble, inevitably humble. In his rejection, in his death on the cross, how he loved people. And what that means for us today. The centurion story, a moment of change. It is a moment of concrete faith in Jesus. A moment of genuineness and trust that something is going to happen by his faith. It is a faith so outstanding because it recognises the authority of Jesus and the power 
of his word over everything. But at the same time, he also recognises his own unworthiness. Even though he would have been deemed worthy by the rest of society, he recognised his own worthiness in front of Jesus. This is a moment where seeing God in Christ caused the centurion to humble himself. This kind of faith brings Jesus' approval. He says that I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This faith of humility, of compassion, of knowing who we are, of accepting our unworthiness. And through all of that, trusting in the one who is worthy, trusting in the one who is compassionate, the one who is all powerful, who is mighty, and trusting him to move in our lives, especially when we need help, especially when we know others who need his help. Jesus is inviting you to ask for that help, to seek to knock. Are you willing to, to call on the one who has authority? And not only that, but trust through faithfulness, through genuine, genuine faithfulness. Friends, Jesus is asking us to have a faith like the centurion. Jesus is asking, will you trust me like the centurion did? Jesus challenges us by this moment. Are you ready to seek him? Are you ready to ask? Are you ready to knock? Jesus is ready. He calls us, he invites us to do so. Through our faithfulness in him. Jesus, the one whose authority calls you by faith to ask for help. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the one of great authority, the one of great power. Lord, you can calm storms, you can, you can heal, you've brought people to life. Lord, you are worthy of, of all of our praises. Lord, thank you that through your son we have seen this um, moment with this man whose servant is healed. This man who um, is an example, as, as your son said, of, of genuine faith. I pray that we would um, know what genuine faith is. Lord, would you help us where we um, are unable to let go of things which, which hinder our faith, which are in, make, are in the way of, of um, having that genuine faith. Would you remove them? And would you forgive us if those things are in place? Lord, thank you for, for Lady Well. Thank you for Graham and his family. 
Thank you for the ministry there. Thank you for how you're moving. And I pray that you would um, rise up genuine disciples. Would you rise up people who, who trust you, who look to you expectantly because of how great you are and longs to see things happen in their community, longs to see things happen in their own lives for your glory and for your power. Lord, we want to just um, say that we love you and that we want to place our trust in you. Maybe afresh this morning. And Lord, if, if there are those who, who pray that, I pray that they would be drawn close to you as they do so. Lord, thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. And would you continue to lead the church in Ladywell, lead us as, as individuals through faith in your name. Amen. As we close our service this morning, I want to leave you with the words of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26, which is a blessing that you could pray over those in your church community. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless.